Welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore, Gina Bryant, and Roy Nugent. Yes, hello. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Gina. And I'm Roy. And today we are doing Direct to Dumpster Volume 7, I think. And I don't I, I can never keep track of which one we're on. I think I say that every time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, should write it down. I really should, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they read the title. They know. Um, today, we are covering three direct-to-video movies. Uh, Double Trouble, Evil Tunes, and the other one, Distant Justice. <laughs> <laughs> just so far out there on the horizon <laughs> distant it's yeah it is distant it's true um but let's go ahead and start with double trouble and gina i would like for you to give the synopsis of this film if you would okay okay let me see so there's these two twin brothers and one of them's a cop and he wears a crop top sweatshirt for the la raiders the entire time uh-huh. the entire time yes and then his brother is a criminal, and he's the funny one. And they are both muscle-bound freaks with uh, weird long hair. I mean, there's a caper, you know, uh, one of them's the thief, and man, I, there I have a, a lot There's some kind of here. diamond Yeah, diamond that's right, it's a on. diamond. Roddy McDowell is the villain. That's right. Yes. Yes, he is. It's it's we watched this one on Saturday, <laughs> and I'm all, like, pieces are already going away from for this movie it's true but Roy you were uh, you were the one who suggested this film so uh, I, I know you have some history behind it what what would that be well I had never seen this or any film starring the Barbarian Brothers uh, Dave mm-hmm. and I think Paul I can't remember either their names at this Pete, Pete or Peter or something Peter and David I think Peter and David yeah. because that's their names in the movie too well, yeah, yes well, they, they had to keep their same names I don't think they would have responded to anything else <laughs> mm-hmm. uh they were uh, weightlifters uh, in the 80s and uh, almost like professional wrestlers, but they weren't professional wrestlers. And this whole movie <laughs> felt like a professional wrestler movie. It really did. It feels like a WWE production. Yeah, but they didn't do it. They just lifted weights and they were weirdos. And uh, <laughs> they got to make a co- like a Conan the Barbarian ripoff. And then this movie and a few more movies. They've made Good Lord. several fig- pictures. And uh, I just, uh, you know... You, you look around for the worst thing possible and, and sometimes, sometimes you find it. Sometimes it, it finds you. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, surprisingly, I was, we saw at the beginning, this was produced by MGM, or at least released by them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and that threw me for a loop once the film started uh, because every line reading... I mean, it's a it's really a trend with at least the first two films we're discussing today that just some of these line reads were so bizarre. It was, they were first take territory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they had been working at it for a very long time yeah. and this was the best they had. I don't know which is worse. One of the cop, the cop brother does keep his gun in his waistband the he entire does. time like just in the back of his pants it's sitting in his ass crack yeah, it's in his butt because cheeks. you his can muscular butt cheeks yeah. holding that gun in and because he's wearing the crop top you can see it the entire time and i mean it stays in during a fight scene i remember yeah. and he goes 
over a car and it's still there. I mean, he's putting that butt to work. Yeah, yeah. just just so thick. Uh, <laughs> he um well, something else that is in this movie that we noticed pretty early on was just this this score that was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um had a very 808 sound, like lots of just bad drum beats and then other times it was just like I don't know wacky buddy comedy music like yeah it was bad bad Beverly Hills Cop yes music yeah yeah that's what we kept thinking when one of them gets that stray cat he just puts the litter straight into the kitchen sink it's not a stray cat it's a joke because oh yeah it's the joke cat it's a huge joke in the film yeah, well, that gets lost pretty early yeah, on because look, the the yeah. criminal brother is the cat burglar. Oh, yeah, God. Because he, he spray paints a cat on the wall. A pretty kitty cat. The worst yeah. cat ever drawn. No, this he's is actually a... spray painting this. They didn't get anybody from the art department. No. This is what a cat looks like. It's just that barbarian brother. And James Doohan was there for an afternoon. Yes. Uh, clearly. You'll have to excuse my voice. I've been screaming at assholes all morning. <laughs> This is pretty good life. There were there were a couple of good jokes in there about like buddy cop movies. Yeah, it it poked fun sometimes successfully. Yeah, it was it was something where like if it wasn't starring these two freaks, like it might have been a decent you know like low budget buddy cop movie. Yeah, because I mean I know the director uh, he directed like I'm pretty sure he directed both. Of Elvira's movies and is a longtime writer for That's Elvira. Right. <laughs> so it's interesting to me that he made a bad <laughs> has made a bad movie that Elvira could show. <laughs> it really is all along those levels. I remember that uh, there was this dramatic scene and there's just mayo on the guy's cheek. <laughs> I mean it. Just oh, yeah, just really on a prominently. Big <laughs> yeah, he's he's eating a mayo. sandwich, and then yeah. like yeah, there's a dramatic dialogue scene. Mm-hmm. He's just got a yeah chunk of mayo on his face. Yeah, it's nobody about cut the parents, the parents, and like their terrible childhood, <laughs> and he's got a whole sandwich on one side of his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of uh, I mean, this is the start of a trend too. There, there was just like a really there was a really awkward scene. Where it was kind of like cutting between the uh, the criminal brother uh, boning some broad and uh, the uh, the cop brother, and he's like fucking his weights. Like yeah, he's just working out so hard. The sex only sex scene between a man and his workbench. Yeah. yeah. His sorry, his I don't know what to call him. I don't know muscles. <laughs> well, there's lots of close-ups of his muscles, and it's yes. like this was clearly. Well, they thought this was the selling point of the film. Yeah, it's surprising yeah. there wasn't more close-ups of muscles just in general throughout the film. Yeah, considering. I, my notes for this one are kind of uh, all over. I just have dick muscles down. I don't know why. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I also wrote down, you have to show the pee. And I don't know what that means. Um, although I do remember the scene. They So, at some point the criminal brother is uh, recruited to be the cop brother's partner. I wish I knew which one was which. That would make this so much oh. easier. And <laughs> I think Peter was the cop. Yes. And Dave was the criminal. Let's assume that, yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if nothing else. But so uh, he he's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And he sends the other partner in, who's just also there. 
Um, and so he's trying to, like, the criminal brother's escaping through the window. And at some point, we just get this, like, close-up of him, of the of the other partner saying, come on, little fella, to his penis. <laughs> yeah, because that's what he rigs the toilet to make it sound like he's peeing in the toilet, which obviously would work. Um, and then escapes through a window. Because there's the third partner, like... Yeah. He's an FBI guy. They sell him with a third partner who's a big dweeb basically yeah. and uh, just gets hit in the head a lot and <laughs> really, I immediately forgot, <laughs> I forgot he was in the movie there was such a long gap between him randomly getting hit in I, the head and then he shows he, up again he was in a coma for half the film and then he <laughs> yes. pops back up at the end and, hey guys <laughs> I'm also here and a hero now uh, there was also a surprise cameo by Charlie's mom from Always Sunny yeah mm-hmm. selling candy as a cop yeah, yeah that's right yeah <laughs> Then David Carradine pops in. That's right. He sure did. He sure <laughs> was in there. He's like the prison mentor for yeah. the criminal brother. Yeah. I'm glad you remembered because I could not remember why this one had David Carradine in it. <laughs> I guess he must have said this. I My note just says, don't come too quick, David Carradine. He said that. <laughs> he did. He yeah. sure did. If you hear uh, if you hear fireworks in the background, I'm not cutting them out. Uh <laughs> Because it's America. Like, it's the sixth of July, and I guess it's still happening. There's less to say about this one than some of the others. Mm-hmm. I yet and like, there's so much. Like it, it's it's more of an experience than something you can say. Yes, like, I don't know. Roddy McDowell's there, and he's like the the toughest mob boss guy, and you just you're not buying it at all. Yeah, he's trying. He's, he's trying, trying but, not selling it. Uh, you know, he shoots random people, and like, <laughs> uh, it is. Yeah, it's a running thing, and he just like keeps shooting people for like minor things. Oh, there's a lot of they just murder people and then go right about. They don't have to fill out paperwork. Oh yeah, you know, the cops it do. must be yeah. nice. Yeah, They're, you know, it's got all the other stuff: car chases and mm-hmm. shootings and terrible heist scenes with lasers and like night vision yeah. goggles and stuff. Yeah. The really subtle metaphor of just they show the exterior of a china shop, and we are led to believe oh, the Lord. two brothers went inside the china shop. Yeah, the sound effects, and then sound effects because clearly they couldn't afford that level of damage. Yeah, <laughs> I, and we don't think we said it, but the, when he gets the cat, what does he do? Oh, when he gets the cat, he brings it home, and then dumps kitty litter which is the only thing into, he bought for the cat he bought kitty that's the only thing that was purchased is kitty litter it's dumped into the sink and then he feeds the cat baby food that he already had apparently <laughs> yeah he eats baby food we were we were expecting like a saucer of milk no uh, because that was that's the level of writing prowess this movie was presenting but it tricked us it tricked us with something far stranger <laughs> I don't know, do we want to just give final thoughts on Double Trouble? It was sure a movie. That's really my only thought on it. What, what's your Jamie rating? Uh, a, a two. It wasn't like offense. It wasn't like offensive or overly bad. It was, but it wasn't like quite f- enough fun bad for me. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go with a 2.5. I'd say they almost did good sometimes. Not very good. The third act was intolerable yeah it really I, they had no idea what they were doing at that point um i will give it a three jb i enjoyed it a little bit more than you guys i think mm-hmm. just because i know like if i saw it 
at the time it came out as a young as a young child, I probably would have loved it. Because sure. it's so dumb and stupid. Yeah. And those guys are so stupid and cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah. And there's li- it literally felt like a cartoon at times. It yeah. So I think I would have enjoyed it. What was your favorite line from the uh, silly? Cool. <laughs> that is an exact line reading. You know? <laughs> and and uh, if you could see his dopey face when he says it, that would uh, that would make your day. Perfect. Uh, speaking of cartoons, let's move on to evil tunes. My only background with this, and I'll, I'll also give the synopsis for it uh, real quick, uh, because this is basically about a group of uh, college girls uh, who are hired to clean an old house. But surprisingly, in another film from 1992, we'll come back around to this, uh, David Carradine shows up and uh, he's got some fucking crazy book and uh, passes it off to him. And one of the girls, she's the, uh, <laughs> the nerdy one, um, she's able to read the incantation in the book to bring to life an evil tune. Yeah. <laughs> much like in much in the vein of Roger Rabbit yeah. or Space Jam, uh, this cartoon comes to life and <laughs> horror ensues. It's basically Evil Dead meets Roger Rabbit in one location. <laughs> That's the whole thing. It really is. Um, the book but, is pretty much just the book from Evil Dead. Also. <laughs> yeah, it really is just the Necronomicon. And it, it's a wisecracking book. It is. I did enjoy the wisecracking <laughs> book, though. I need that and more in film. I, I definitely wanted to see this movie because Roy showed me the Blu-ray for it. And mm. I said, what is this? Oh, yes. I have to watch that. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm a big fan of the director, Fred mm-hmm. Olin Ray. Uh, Evil Tunes, just going to say this up front, not his best film. <laughs> um, it's one of his more famous movies because it is so ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, just the idea of it. Go with Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers if you want to watch a good <laughs> Fred Olin Roy picture. I just feel like I need to say that they showed me the trailer and I was already like, I, I don't know about this. But then we um, start the DVD menu and on the DVD menu, immediately a woman takes her pants off and twerks and takes her top off all in the DVD menu does uh-huh. a little does a little sexy dance it's true on a loop after on we watched after we watched the trailer i realized i was even more excited to see this film because i was so excited to watch it with gina <laughs> <laughs> i like at the beginning uh, i had forgotten this happened uh, it claims to be a true story mm-hmm. it sure does <laughs> And there's can also, you disprove it? I can't. I, can't, I, I have no not, evidence. I, I have no science to support that. David Carradine hangs himself within the first three minutes of the film. Well, yeah, because he's like he's like snooping around the house. He sees a noose in the fir- in the first scene, and he says, "Well, better rub one out real quick." Uh, <laughs> and then the book wouldn't shut up, so he just, <laughs> it ruined it. It really ruined it for him. It's true. Um, but we, yeah, the the girls pull up. And you just very quickly understand what the dynamics of this film are going to be. But who's driving the van? Of course. It is uh, Dick Miller, right? Dick Miller. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, watch me blink on his name right after. <laughs> like, Who makes every movie better? And he made his parts of this. He sure did. Are the best, part, are the best parts of this film. He is. I would rather have him versus the evil tune the entire time. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no. Uh, so he, he drives them up. You know, he's 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 doing his regular Dick Miller thing. And then, like, yeah, you just get a clear understanding of the... Of, well, one of the characters doesn't speak a lot because there's, like, kind of the leader of the... Like, the leader of the cleaning team. She's the MILF of the group uh, in age only. Um, and then there's a girl with glasses... Uh, with a giant t-shirt so huge button up we were just like we know this girl's about to get wild (laughs) (laughs) i mean it took me a second to realize why that shirt was so oversized but i figured it out pretty quick Mm -hmm. yeah so there's four the leader lady the one who doesn't say anything or really contribute anything to the film. Yeah. The nerdy uh, one. Nerdy one. And, and then... The slutty one. The slutty yeah, one. The one with the tightest, you... most, like, neon-colored outfit. The 90th like... one of them all. Yeah. She's the naked woman. Yes. At the beginning. Yes. There's a the... creepy neighbor. That you... Yeah, Dennis Rader shows up. <laughs> scared, <laughs> scared the crap out of both of you two. <laughs> yeah, we genuinely afraid of <laughs> We were just like, he shows up behind one of them and both of us are just like, whoa! Oh God. Was we... not expecting this guy. <laughs> we both said, oh God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, no, he he's... Uh, he tells them he's go- he has to come see them so that he can identify their bodies later. Very foreboding yes, he scene. Because <laughs> the house is just cursed after David Carradine hung himself. Yeah. I after, guess. After, after, after David Carradine's autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, which he, I don't but know. But none of that is explained. No, there's no, like, it, I think it takes place, that part takes place in the 30s. But there's no, like, title card that says oh, the 30s. Wow. And yeah. then time, okay. you know. Well, because it's kind of thrown out there that this man brought this book from... England. Yeah, I was going to say Europe, question mark. Yeah. And... It's an evil book. It's an evil book. Uh, one of the women's reactions is, what is that, a book or something? She says. <laughs> it's true. I had to write that down. Um, it is very obviously a book. I... Well, I want to go... I want to backpedal just a little bit and talk about when they... The one scene where they attempt to clean this house, they start in the basement because they don't want to be in the creepy basement when it gets dark. Fair. So, these bitches just start moving boxes around. Just throwing empty boxes across the room. Boxes that are obviously new to the room. Yeah. Because the rest of the room is very dirty and, like, it is somebody's basement. Yeah. like, they've never cleaned anything in their life, apparently. No, never. And then they find the chest. Uh Uh-huh. And open it. Moments after starting cleaning. And then literally find the book and they're like, well, that's it for tonight. Let's (laughs) change into our PJs. And another... They find a knife and a dagger, also oh. just like Evil Dead. Yes, uh, it's a, true. <laughs> a knife and a human skull. Oh yeah. They yeah one of them, them bare hand touches the human skull. Yeah. <laughs> calls them valuable antiques. <laughs> yeah, because they got a side hustle where they're gonna apparently steal everything. I or mean, something. great idea. Like they they don't want all that crap. I I think what? they were trying to figure out a way to keep them in the house, like like. Because they can obviously just leave at any time because this house is on a suburban street yeah. with millions of houses all around it. In, with neighbors in the establishing shops. Yeah. In true high school level horror movie writing, like they also have to stay in the house. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> to clean it, I guess. To clean it. They didn't, and they never said like, oh, we're from three towns over. Yeah. This was just a gig, you know. Yeah, no explanation. I guess just so they can get up bright and early. Yeah. And start cleaning and again. Start so cleaning. Dick Miller doesn't have to drive him back and forth, I It's guess. true. It's true. Sure. I mean, that's a lot of work for Dick Miller. It was, yeah, uh, let's see. Because then, I mean, we pretty much get right into the into the real action. Uh, because well, then you get the scene from... You get the stripping scene. Yeah, from the DVD from menu. From the DVD menu. And you want pretty, to explain? Pretty soon. Um, what... Do you want to tell? Do you want to tell about the? Oh, just about the scene. Yeah, I yeah. just I recall she turned on some music and was like, "Do you want to see my moves?" That oh yeah, because that she's got she, me something. She's I gonna she's gonna show her. Uh, oh yeah, she's like, "This is how I fucked the whole football team or whatever." I, I have no idea. So she <laughs> it was, did something. It was that level, but so, she's also gonna have her boyfriend over later. Yeah. Later she is, but yeah. she uh, first in front of her female friends as we often do. Right. She just pulls down her pants, has a real high-waisted thong on, just the most 90s thong yeah. you can imagine, and just starts twerking, and then takes her top, was the earliest thing, earliest time I've ever seen twerking in a movie. Yeah, probably probably carbon date that. That's probably yeah, the- carbon date it. That's, <laughs> stamp it. That's when it started. Um, and then she takes her top off. Yeah. I believe I wrote... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that she had weird nipples. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, right. I did. She also um, doesn't have got her bike shorts off of her tennis shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a cut. In a cut. Because <laughs> um, all I could think about was her trying to pull bike shorts over tennis shoes. Yeah. And be sexy. But she just dances around and the nerdy girl is really mm. into it. Yeah. Just real mm. into it. And the uh, slutty girl rips open her... Or opens her button up. Yeah. Gets her to come up and, and start dancing with her. Yeah, yeah. And opens her button up and reveals just giant knockers yeah. in a grandma bra. Mm-hmm. And it will, the, I think the really disappointing thing about this movie for me is because, like, we called it from the beginning that that was going to be an element of the film. Like, because then she, like, go, she walks away all, you know, all uh, embarrassed and, like, then uh, takes her, takes her bra off in front of the mirror and, like, uh, that is that's that's the end of the arc for this girl's hooters. Like, she did enjoy looking at them. Yeah, yeah I just want to say she she's was a real horn dog throughout yeah. the entire film. <laughs> yeah, but I I just like I I thought she was going to somehow learn that being slutty would help her in some way. That would that's oh that would, her her that's giant what boobs would take would, care of the evil tune. Yeah, I thought yeah. that would be it. Honestly, her giant boobs should have defeated the evil tune. Honestly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but the book, the 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 titular evil tune is in the book. The titular, in <laughs> uh. a very bad drawing of the, <laughs> so bad, and that comes out of the book, and low budget Taz. Yeah, low budget Taz. Yeah. You know, Knock like off Taz, like yes. a bad, like a bad tattoo of Taz, <laughs> uh, comes out of the book and attacks the sluttiest one of them. Yeah. The other girls are up in bed, yeah. uh, where they're lying in a room with sleeping bags, no pillows, no blankets. Just three sleeping bags in a row. But there's yeah. not and a fourth then, sleeping bag, and there's four of them also. Well, I mean, the uh, yeah. other girl knew what she was doing for the night. Um, so, yeah. about, and then the one of them just lays flat on the, her back. <laughs> the like most a awkward cor- angle. Like a corpse. Yes, yes, she looks like a corpse. Just better go to sleep. 
<laughs> Better go to sleep with the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's too spooky. Then the uh, yeah. So so you get you get some animation here. Yeah, yeah we sure do. What, what tell us about that? Uh, the, okay, so the the evil tune is uh, lurking around, and one of my favorite parts is just like how perspective is ignored entirely because uh, the uh, the the slutty girls walking in, and like the the tune is hiding behind a chair. But, like, where she would see it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, like, go around it. That would take too much effort. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that's already happening. We get, like, just, just these weird little loops where he's, like, reacting to her, like, you know, take like changing, taking her clothes off and shit. Uh, and then he, uh, the, the evil tune, uh, pounces on the girl and attacks her. And we were very worried. Well, we were just kind of questioning how far will this go. Because like you, you're very much so expecting a cartoon rape scene, but then I, my my I I mean my expectations were like I I felt very safe watching it because uh, there was no way they were gonna bring the level of animation required to, <laughs> to portray a horrifying rape scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I feel like there's a little bit implied that he like uses his tongue on her but yeah literally eats her eats yes, her out yeah literally eats her well uh so because then he like the the evil tune takes over her body and the nerdy girl goes down to check on her twice um except he doesn't I, even take over her yeah. body because there's a dead body of that's her. right but so, then also the dead body is gone at one point yeah, too yeah. so i don't think they knew whether he, he shapeshifts <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> into her but um, i guess but like he doesn't do that with anybody else he kills yeah, he, he does. He does it he with does it with the the neighbor, neighbor, but he doesn't kill the neighbor. I don't. Think. I don't think. Yeah, because the neighbor's alive at the. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's even weirder. Um. But in because yeah no it's it's very no way he he might have because they all spoilers <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but um he he turns into to that girl and her face is covered in blood and uh, she's like oh what what's going on down here and slutty girl like I'm getting my red wings I don't know. Uh, <laughs> she had those teeth. <laughs> those weird real bad teeth. Pony oh, city God. teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And she convinces her that everything's fine. And it's sort of. Yeah. The nerdy girl is our hero of the film. Yeah, basically. I related to her a lot. Uh, so much. Um, she goes back upstairs. It's a lot of going yeah. up and downstairs. So this a is lot of scenes of... that could have been combined. Yeah. yeah. Because they say the same things over and over again. A lot of football-specific sexual innuendo. Mm-hmm. It was far too... <laughs> I don't know enough about football to get it. Well, and then the same. slutty girl's boyfriend comes. And this guy uh, is about 45 years old. Yes. <laughs> college football player. <laughs> He's fairly balding and has a big a pot belly over yeah. his ass's wash jeans. Yes, but he's a college football ball heartthrob. Yeah, he's dead pretty quick. Yeah, no, he, he comes as fast as he goes. Uh, then we cut over to uh, Dick Miller at his home as we just watch five minutes of him watching Bucket of Blood, which is the best scene in the movie. Movie. <laughs> You're not wrong. I would watch Dick Miller watch his own films. <laughs> Before, at the end of the scene, he says, Why did that guy never get an Academy Award? 
And it's great. It's great. I no, forgot it's about that. Um, did you also forget about the fact that he uh, he talks to his smoking hot wife on the way out and mm-hmm. says, I don't have time to fuck you. I got to go check on these college broads. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back into her room and uses a, a, a vibrator that sounds like a jackhammer. It's just literally a jackhammer <laughs> sound effect. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she is, oh, the same age as all these girls. Yes. <laughs> she is not, yeah. like, older or anything. Yeah, that's Michelle Bauer. She is a pretty big screen queen, but who used to come in for one day's work to <laughs> yeah. the cover of the movie. Of course. Um, so then, yeah, Dick Miller goes to investigate. And he's drunk at this time. He wasn't quite drunk in the scene with his wife. <laughs> he sure wasn't. But he plays it drunk from here on there. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, real hammered after this. Uh, probably because he just was drunk at this point during the shoot. Yes. Eh, you know, it was late at night. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get through. And my favorite part is when he comes over mm-hmm. and the slutty girl slash demon, it's the demon at this point, Yeah, yeah. Um, goes to immediately hits on him and he's immediately like yeah let's go well actually what he says is well oh boy oh boy oh boy oh Oh my god and then Then she she bites bites his his penis off (laughs) (laughs) she bites dick miller's dick off uh then dick miller's just dead in the basement for a while He's and, sitting on that chair, and then the other girls come down to investigate. And here's like in the third act where there's a lot of going up and down stairs. Yeah. Uh, well, as they figure out that the two evil tune is a real thing and is evil. And uh-huh. um, they do every stupid thing. Yeah. They leave the... They, they make... They make jokes about doing every stupid thing, it's, too. It is a meta movie, guys. It this is, is very meta. This is Scream before Scream. Like, Correct. Um, so yeah, no, they, yeah, they're, they're going down this, they go down to the basement. Uh, at some point, like at some point they finally decide, okay, now we're going to pick off the other two girls and we're just going to leave the nerdy girl. She's running away. She's about to run down some more fucking stairs and she's so front heavy that she falls (laughs) falls over. She just falls right down the stairs. (laughs) Cracks her head and Uh, hurts her leg or something. That's right. The other two girls, let me be clear, as they're being attacked and killed, their tops just come off. They just get ripped right off. To be fair, they were wearing lingerie lingerie this entire time. Yes. Well, you know, it's that borderline. Yeah. Well, they just made sure that yes. the tops would come yeah, off. Yeah. We yeah. saw all of their boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Again. Well. Because they all took their time. Then they all, we did see them when they were changing. Because they all changed into oh, those. Oh, yeah, when they were changing. That's right. I hate that I cataloged that away. Um, but <laughs> Both of you are really on top of this. <laughs> Listen, I took notes. Yeah. Um, it's all so, up here, baby. And I was very disappointed, again, that she didn't have to do a titty dance to save the day. She did not. She, she did. just kind of limped around. She drug herself around on the floor. And then David Carradine yeah. shows back up for the rest of his day that he was there. And he has 13 lines, yeah. I think. Approximately yeah. 13 lines. And uh, pretty good at all 13. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, he, he was there and he was sober enough to say him. And yeah, dressed like a undertaker with a yeah. cowboy hat on or something i don't know he makes he's dressed like like puppet master like the yeah. main yes. puppet and puppet yes. master that's what david Carradine he does do like. he does do the dracula like cape flip early oh in the film, yeah yeah, yeah at the beginning very nice nod to his father mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know do we want to give final thoughts on evil tunes 
as I mean, one of mine is it. The title's Evil Tunes plural, and we see one evil tune mm-hmm. who very quickly takes over takes over a live action character. It does have a very. It has a funny voice. The evil tune. It sure does. <laughs> Although it can't, the the girl cannot pick a voice. No. Sometimes no. when she's possessed, sometimes she's got white makeup on, like she's possessed. Sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she has the teeth. Sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes Some, she's doing a voice. Sometimes somebody else is doing a voice yeah. on top of her. Sometimes it's a regular voice. Yeah. Sometimes she's wearing a shirt. Sometimes she's not. Sometimes yeah. it's unbuttoned. <laughs> Now who's cataloging? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I just wanted to see those weird nipples again. Oh, no. <laughs> well, never mind. I'm not, we're just gonna we're gonna move past it. Uh, what a mess! Just a sleazy movie. Ten Jamies. Just kidding. Three Jamies. Uh, negative sixty nine. <laughs> it was all right. It was okay. Give it. Give it a real rating. Uh, you can only God. go to negative ten. Fine. Um, I will give it a rating of, uh, I'll say three because I saw boobs, even if some of the nipples were weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will go a four, Jamie. Uh, like I said, this is not my favorite Fred Olin Ray film. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one is a lot more mean spirited than it usually is. Usually has movies with a lot of boobs, but it's like the 14 year olds version like it's just like boobs are cool yeah you know like that's basically it (laughs) right and uh i don't you know so like this one's a little hard to swallow yeah this one's a little um yeah just yeah just kind of in bad taste it's in bad taste although it was like like we noted earlier it was shot by gary graver who is a fantastic dp who worked with orson welles that's right all through his later career (laughs) Uh, I I will say I liked a lot of the lighting choices. Actually. He's a very good like, like his it was low shot budget, pretty well. His low budget stuff is really good to look at. Uh, um, the only like the only like real because um, this is also a pretty good restoration of the movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, the only like real knock, the, like the only like real like quality knock you can give it is like you can tell. They're using second generation film copy prints to do the evil tune shots interacting with yeah. people because they had to animate it over. Um, yeah, and like Fred Olin Ray puts out the Blu-rays himself. He has his own company. Oh, shit. His <laughs> movies out and other people's movies. Amazing. So uh, it's pretty good considering it's kind of a mom and pop yeah. restoration of it. It was pretty good. Three Jamies. I loved it. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick detour. Because we ourselves took a little detour. Because as we mentioned before, we noticed a similarity with these movies. The the previous two we talked about. Both came out in the year of our Lord 1992. Featuring David Carradine. So we thought, wouldn't it be great to wrap off this trifecta here with a third 1992 film. Starring David Carradine, because there are many to choose from. Yeah, he was a working man. <laughs> he sure was. So we uh, we were going through IMDb, and we chose a movie called Animal Instincts. Here are the reviews that sold us on Animal Instincts. This, these are just the headlines. Ten stars. One of the very best films in the erotic thriller genre. <laughs> and then, ten stars. The best of why you're watching it. <laughs> So, naturally, we had to see this film. We found a way to watch it Um, after some searching. And, uh, you know, we didn't get very far 
because every every like every three or so minutes it would stop. Well, okay, it started. It started with a porn ad. And we thought we're all adults here. <laughs> we'll soldier on. I clo- I put my hand over my eyes. Um, Interestingly enough, it wasn't animated. <laughs> I think two of them at least were animated. Too many yeah. of them were animated. Uh, and then every three minutes, the movie would stop. We thought, oh, okay, this this is just some kind of weird thing. Uh, clearly, it'll be fine. Uh, it'll be over soon. It'll be over soon. And then, like, if it was, you know, if it was every 20 minutes or so, I mean, that's one thing. Yeah, we would have watched it. Yeah, we would have gotten through. We would have we would have pressed on. But... Every three minutes, there was a porn ad. We're like, we can't do this. this I think is we too only. Much. I feel like we only made it through like three of them, though. It's yeah. just that there was also that animated, you know what, on the homepage. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I forgot it was about an that. ad. It was yeah, an ad yeah. on the embedded. Oh lord. Uh, and so I just I just kept screaming and covering my <laughs> eyes because it was a lot. It was real bad. I, I was right there with you. Uh, so we decided, you know what? This movie, Distant Justice, sounds good. Let's watch that instead. Uh, Roy, give me the synopsis for Distant Justice. Uh, a Japanese family are in America, and they get carjacked at the beginning of the movie uh, for no reason, and that never comes up again. And uh, then they go visit uh, a police chief in Boston, who he's friends with because the guy is a cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, randomly, the the mom and the daughter are out taking pictures of every tourist attraction in Boston. So four or five pictures, <laughs> and they take a picture of a drug deal, and then the drug dealers uh, kill the kill the mom and kidnap the daughter, and uh, the man wants some sort of distant justice for this. Not to yeah. be not to be confused with Final yeah. Justice, starring Joe Don Baker, another <laughs> classic. My, one of my favorite parts about this was, uh, at least on IMDb, the uh, the cover, like like clearly like the like the VHS yeah. box features uh, the the police chief played by George Kennedy mm-hmm. uh, prominently as like the action star, in spite of him not being the action star of the film, it is the Japanese cop. Yeah, and in spite of the fact that you don't really want George Kennedy to be the action star no. of your film, um, <laughs> who mostly spends the time, his time in the film, uh, in a jacket that's far too small. <laughs> it's about to bust. A and, couple, a couple like, ill-fitting jackets. And like kicking his office stuff around and like yeah. throwing his fits in his office. <laughs> <laughs> I have to assume, like, I, I, I have to assume it's because, like, well, no one's going to buy a, 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 a movie with a Japanese guy on the cover. Yeah, it's 1992. That's a little so, bit before. <laughs> this is like a Japanese co-production. Yes, yeah. Tohei yeah. actually was a co-producer. I don't know. I guess it was to try to make a star out of the main guy. Yeah, I mean. Because it was clearly his movie. Yeah. yeah. He does pretty well. His English isn't 100%. Uh, but he gets through it. He gets through it. They give him a little bit too much and a little too... It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, considering I really... His accent was really thick. Yeah. I definitely would not have been able to tell some of what he said just from this... You know, unless we had subtitles. Yeah, yeah. We, we added the closed captioning about five, ten minutes in. Although the very annoying thing was sometimes they speak Japanese in the movie. They did not put new subtitles under that because there's baked in ones and the movie is so often shot overexposed 
that you cannot read the white text yeah. on the screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then there are times where they're just speaking Japanese and there's literally no... Yeah, yeah. nothing. There's they're like, no... you, know what they know, you know what they said here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew like one phrase because I watched anime, but that's it. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, David Carradine. David Carradine is in the movie. Um, oh, he sure is. I, I, if we want to jump straight to uh, him, he has a can very... We, can, can we give a little content warning on this yes, movie? Yes, yeah, absolutely may. Um, it's, I had to leave a little bit in because there is a scene where he's looking for his kidnapped daughter. The wife's already dead. And he stumbles upon randomly just, I guess, a warehouse of uh, dudes uh, raping a girl. Yeah. And I guess you... He got, he got there because that's where they like found a piece of a clue outside. Yeah. Sure. And, yeah. It, yeah. and so he it, imagines it's his daughter. Yes. It turns out it is not his daughter. Yeah. But it was, pretty, mm -hmm. I'm told, pretty rough. Yeah. Way too uncomfortable it, to be in this film. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I. it's one of those things where... It was a it was a creative idea for like a you know like the, to project the worry. I I think it obviously went way too far, um, and I was I was very disappointed because we were kind of like at that point like oh does this does this continue to happen does this get worse, <laughs> and so I looked it up and no one had filled in the info like, the info on IMDb so I have now. Uh <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> Like yeah, it it it's it's a nasty scene. Yeah, and that like stuck out like a sore thumb because there's Cause nothing, it's the only one like it. There's nothing yeah. really anything else like that in the film, and yeah. it seemed really sleazy and mm -hmm. and uh, just yep. to have nudity in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which real downer. I'm so. I mean, you got a lot of good stuff from David Carradine. Yeah, his yeah. very erotic scene. <laughs> he had a. <laughs> The other thing, this Japanese cop is just assaulting police officers and taking their guns, taking their guns and like beating up random people on the shooting street. guys. He kills all the he guys. Kills a bunch of guys like he's that one guy's a human shield, yeah, and he's like using. He like kidnaps a, a fairly innocent man who, just <laughs> yeah. has, just, who found the camera. Yeah, he just found a camera on a pile of rubble and was trying to sell it, and. <laughs> He uses him as a human shield in a gunfight. Like, so there's some odd choices. He needed some distance for that justice. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, and nothing ever happens to him about shooting these people. No, none of it. There is no the the justice is quite distant for oh, this yeah. character. Well, the thing that sucks too, uh, like we see a scene with the mom and the daughter right before she gets shot. Uh, where she's saying she's going to divorce the the our main cop character, or that she might. I don't. That was that well, scene that some of it was you couldn't read yeah, some of yeah. it because of the subtitles. But she said something like, "Your dad's lucky I haven't divorced him yet." Yeah, or, and this may be our last trip. Yeah, it was real weird. Like, okay, now that the daughter is old enough to be as an adult, she's like. Are you gonna divorce dad now? Yeah, <laughs> like we all like I've asked my like, mom many times. <laughs> like I just assumed. Are you, you gonna divorce dad yet? <laughs> I assumed you were gonna divorce him. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he just kind of wanders around for a while. Yeah, uh, figuring out some things, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did I, like David Carradine is 
like a corrupt a, politician. Yeah, he's a corrupt politician, and he was the one that requested the drugs. Yeah. So like his lawyer was buying him drugs in the park. Yeah. Just on a set of bleachers, just right there, and then, uh, uh the main character gets a hold of that lawyer mm-hmm. and forces him to set up the drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And then the drug dealer proceeds to murder him in, in the lawyer. Well, in he doesn't want to draw any public, attention. Or yeah, anything. yeah, in a he's, public park. He's mad because the lawyer is drawing attention to it, so he yes. pulls out a gun and shoots him very loudly in, in the, the park. Yes. Then there's a car chase. There sure is. Going about there's a 40, few. Forty mile an hour car chase <laughs> in this picture. Very long, very long, and uh, definitely so many scenes. Where it's just one long shot, just keep shooting. Yeah. Even yeah. though there's a microphone in the shot, <laughs> there, there so were a few tips. microphones. There was, there's a lot of, okay, and George Kennedy is his buddy who's the police chief, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff with them, like just talking and like, not, oh, you can't do this. You yeah. can't do the take out the justice on your own. I'll do it. But he's kind of like, about to retire and like worried about his career, I guess yeah. is his entire arc. And like the city, the David Carradine will ruin his career basically. Yeah. Or murder him. Or murder him. I mean, you know. I don't They know. really lean towards the firing though. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, George Kennedy's like, ah, screw it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that when David Carradine first appeared on screen, I was really glad that he wasn't in yellow face. Because I was worried. I don't know about you guys. Well, it's not like he has a history of that or anything. No. It's not like Came from Kung Fu has a history of that or anything. No. (laughs) It's, uh, but he does have a little sex scene. With his uh, little girlfriend or whatever. And we find out that David Carradine has a nipple tattoo. Well, while the, while the, while this lady's sucking on his nipples, yes, we do yeah, find that it's, out. Yeah, it's the underrepresented male nipple sucking. <laughs> and he's giving her a full titty twister. Oh, yeah. The entire oh, yeah. time. Just, just. The most brutal t- titty twister you've ever seen. Wrenching it. Yeah. Wrenching it. it. I felt really bad for her, honestly. Yeah. Like, it, that was a bit much, too. There's, <laughs> there's. Yeah, it was very a lot. <laughs> That was supposed to be... Consensual. Yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be a sexy scene. Was it? I don't know. Well, you did get to see his, like, shiny turquoise underwear. You sure did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, satin underwear. You sure did. Because the cop busts in and, you know, beats him up a little bit. Yeah. He's in float... He he has his pants unbuttoned. Which, uh, I will give it to them. That's usually not the case in movies. Like, especially if you're going to throw somebody around a room, they always make like people have sex with the pants fully buttoned and yeah. belts all the way on and everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh God. Uh, we didn't mention the necktie around this girl's neck. Yeah. Uh, His necktie he's like, he's, I, neck. I want you to try this out first. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I have a lot of feel. I feel like the signs he, were there. He didn't get into the double trouble, but he sure got it into the other two. <laughs> Um, well, just I want to go back to uh, uh, Japanese cops uh, kind of camaraderie with George Kennedy mm. uh, because the first scene is uh, he calls him to let him know that he's in Boston and he says, "Why didn't you call me?" It's like that's what I'm doing, you asshat. <laughs> like you're in Boston, you 
Ending comedy. comedy. <laughs> also, he doesn't have a. There is nobody with a Boston accent. There is no. And I'm not okay with that. Uh, like, it's a. I I wonder about how this movie came about because of yeah all the because of the Japanese part of it and yeah. the American part of it obviously I hired a Japanese director to come out and do it. Japanese Japanese writer wrote it. Yeah. So, but like the like the like the DP and the editor were both American. Yeah. Like, and you got to I got to imagine like there was a lot of translators on set. Yeah. And like when I think when that happens, everything is slightly askew. Yeah. <laughs> Just from games of telephone back and forth. Right. It, it rarely works. I mean, it's like what you got the transporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Famous version of that working. Like. Should have started George Kennedy. Now there was an action oh, star. <laughs> I kept imagining him in Naked Gun the entire time too. Yes, he's a police chief yes. and he's dressed the same and he looks the same. I love the part where he's like kicking stuff around and goes, "No one follows orders, not even my jacket buttons." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's a big bad guy that comes in in the last few minutes named Roy. <laughs> For sure, and that has never been mentioned. Oh, and uh, he has a henchman with a very impressive mustache. He sure does. And that is killed almost immediately. By oh, there's another. There's another cop. There's like an American. Oh, the whole time I forgot. There's an American there. cop the entire time. He was kind of like the third guy in Double Trouble. Yeah, almost. yeah. He's the guy who who uh, the Japanese cop stole his gun originally and yeah. beat him up. But then he's like, we're best friends, and yeah. Uh, he continues uh, gonna to follow him around and help him out every all the time, and uh, he actually does a lot more than that other yeah. guy though. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, he's actually in it, not disappearing. He's an underrated him. character. Like, I think he might do just as much as the Japanese cop throughout the entire film, especially at the end. Yeah, yeah, because he finds the daughter. Yeah, yeah, he, and there are more car chases. More car chases. So many, so long. The, you could. Oh, they had some helicopter shots. They sure did, And yeah. one of my favorite parts was you could tell, uh, earlier on there was a helicopter shot of like a limo, David Carradine's limo driving, and it was really dark. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a great time. But it then like as you go him. through, yeah. yeah, as you go through the film, you realize they rented that helicopter for one day. <laughs> and they got those shots. And they fit it in. It was a full day of shooting. Because <laughs> the end takes place at like a sugar plant or something oh, yeah. it's something. a yeah. sugar factory sugar factory the old sugar factory which uh, you know would sounds like a euphemism um <laughs> but it's got this huge dome i mean it's a pretty cool place it is it's a yeah. nice variation on the warehouse yeah, yeah. at the end of an but action. we have to see them go up every we flight of stairs. stairs yes yeah. and there are a lot of stairs just up and down and up and up on the dome and down they through cl- the top they do and, climb up the dome and we show and they show all of it. Yeah. yeah. And they're like running and fighting the entire time. These guys would be like exhausted. No like, step is unaccounted for. Yeah. Yeah. George Kennedy shows up and shoots a person and then some more cops are there. Like yeah. the good cops. Yeah. Because he fires all the bad cops. Oh, <laughs> somebody, does. somebody throws a gun to knock a gun out of another guy. <laughs> That's <hands>. right. Yeah. <laughs> this one is a real mixture of competencies. Yeah. Because like it's actually not bad like overall i think it's shot very poorly Mm -hmm. um they obviously stretched it out Mm -hmm. but uh i mean it's not the worst screenplay no because you know what it felt like it's like 
an early 90s Japanese action film that they decided to do in America and then they all the energy that would have been there in the yeah. Japanese film that you know like a hard boiled or better like tomorrow or something yeah. like that is all gone because they got all this extra stuff floating around watered down for sure yeah and the, the violence isn't really there they didn't get nearly as many shots as they would have if it was like probably to like what they were doing so they just they're just stuck with long shots yeah long wide shots I, I think this one was just probably the hardest for me to get through because it wasn't like funny really no it wasn't like just george and, kennedy's suit jacket was the well only thing that we was were, the only thing we really laughed at the entire yeah, yeah that was funny but um just man i i just love a film that has two women characters and they kill them and yeah. uh kidnap them and at the end the daughter doesn't say a word yeah no. he finds her she doesn't get to say a single line and, uh, you know, women's suffering and trauma used as character development for a male character. Yes. And it's also like that at the beginning. Where, yes. Because the beginning is a just a random, like, yeah. restaurant holdup where yeah. these guys attack the waitress there. Oh, yeah. And they, they, oh, they're going to rape her. But yeah. They're yeah. dragging her out. And yeah. luckily, they, they he, get he busy. He pulled her shirt off. But then this guy walks luckily, in. Luckily, somebody's walking into and the restaurant. Just, yeah. And they just get shot. Real quick, crisis averted on that rape scene. Yeah. And then they just hop into their uh, truck with anarchy symbols. <laughs> they're like, why are the cops chasing us? And then they're, I mean, and that, but that, and then they carjack the Japanese family. But. There's literally that no never connection. Comes up. Yeah, it never like, comes up. It feels like there's it a was... whole car chase because the yeah. cops are. The... Oh, and yeah, it's a whole long be... thing. And at the beginning, uh, there's just the scene from Dukes of Hazard where yep. Daisy Dukes Roadrunner just goes off the side of a mountain, <laughs> and it's. I, I looked it up. It's just that shot. Yeah, they got a really crappy version of that Roadrunner, but right before because it ha it was different. And yeah, it's very. <laughs> it's. Like that, the crappy Roadrunner they got is like in one shot, real quick to like, oh, it's here, and then it drives off the road from the shot from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, those guys, they their truck gets a flat tire, and they or something, and then the Japanese, they they, they pull up behind, and then they just go to Boston. Yeah, I don't know how they get there. We never see that truck or anything. Yeah. yeah. I presume they changed the truck's tire since... I mean, I would assume... I assumed, like, oh, those guys are going to be a part of the drug thing? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. They're the bad guys. Well, yeah. or like very, henchmen. Very pleasant anarchists because they do leave them with a truck with the spare tire available. Yeah. And it's right there. It's yeah. right there. All you got to do is change. And they didn't, you know, even though they were they shotgun somebody, they didn't murder them for their car. It's true. Like, wouldn't it have been much easier just to shotgun Good guys. them? Good guys. Well, you know, so the movie could happen. <laughs> I'm really the biggest surprise for me is that nobody ever said the words distant justice yeah it's a real missed opportunity it really was uh, it's a stretch in the justice genre of action films it's no out for justice or yeah. you know extreme no, I guess that's extreme justice is one final justice final justice you already said it I know I just wanted to say it again it's no Mitchell <laughs> yeah it's not Mitchell Final thoughts. Uh, I will give this a two, Jamie. It it's really nothing of a movie in its in state. Like it could have probably been pretty okay, sure. but uh, David Carradine again uh, being the most entertaining person 
on screen basically when he's there. Yeah. And not like trying to. I think it's like, oh, I got a nipple tattoo. He definitely found <laughs> this one in. You know, yeah. like, because he, he kind of comes out and does like a little bit of a Richard Nixon thing, like at the beginning when yeah. politician crap and then like just. Uh, he just... says, read my lips, actually. I mean, yeah. He does. <laughs> and like, oh, oh, no, there was a great no, scene no, where no, George Jackson. Kennedy sma- smashes his hand on a desk. And then, ah. and then David Cadeen's just like, ow. <laughs> You'll pay for, for that. that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he just slaps him. He just kind of slaps him on the hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say I'll say four. I mean, it was fine. Uh, but that's all it was. Like, at best, it's fine. You know? How about you, Gina? <sighs> I, it's a hard thing. I think it's going to be a zero for me. Yeah. Just because we... Uh, we get re- brought down real low by the rape scenes the, and stuff yeah. like that. And then, I mean, we're brought up a little by David Carradine's nipple tattoos. That's all yeah. my Jamie's are towards that. <laughs> the nipple tattoo. That scene. Yeah. Let me that let me just scene. say, it's two Jamie's per nipple. Yeah. <laughs> I only saw one. Did I miss it? I, he only has one tattooed, I think. At least. Okay. Well, I don't know. I might have to read. What else is tattooed on him? <laughs> Nothing anymore. <laughs> But well, <laughs> on that note, let me just segue. So let me just segue to the plug about my film coming out. <laughs> Love you, David. I am so sorry. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> A movie David Carradine will never see. It's called Personal History. It's coming out this Saturday on Vimeo on Demand. Go check it out to buy or rent. Go do it. Anyway, that's all for this episode. I think there's a couple more coming out this month, maybe? We'll see. I don't know. I don't know fucking anything. I'll be here. <laughs> Tyler's gonna go get a nipple tattoo now. In the style of in the style of Carradine. Thank you for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.